0: Attention matters, attention matters. This is something that especially if you are recovering from anxious attachment uh, where you've probably been criticized or even left because you needed attention, that's something that you cannot leave behind. A crying baby expects care and a rescue. We're still crying babies that need a response. We just cry differently. But when the response doesn't come, That person eventually stops trusting the parent, the wife, the husband, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the friend, eventually stops trusting that person to care. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You Will shift. Hey, y'all, recording this for Boundaries and Grace, but we're actually live on Zoom um, through Patreon. So if you're interested in joining Patreon, click the link. They're going to be in the show notes below. The link is also in my Instagram bio. OK, so you can join the Patreon there and you can be in the Zoom room with us literally like like right now chatting in the chat box. OK, so thanks, y'all, for checking in. Um, let's talk about emotional safety. This is a part of a three part series, emotional safety, part of a three part series. And as was already shared, this is something that is um, not often discussed, especially so clearly, so plainly, so explicitly the way that we're going to do tonight. But it is of paramount importance. And so I'm really excited to do this for y'all as well. So I'm going to go through the information. I'll ask some questions along the way to make sure that y'all in the room are clear on things. But um, for the most part, I'll take the questions at the end, okay? For the most part, I'll take the questions at the end. Are we ready to go? Can we get a, can we get a, hey, Cassandra, can we get a yes in the chat if we're ready? We have pen and paper. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so on this first session, y'all, we're talking about blocks to vulnerability within self and others. Blocks to vulnerability within self and others. The next time we meet, session two, is about repairing trust, rebuilding connections. The third session that we're going to do is about showing up safe. But tonight, we're talking about blocks to vulnerability within self and others. So I'm super excited about this. Before I get into this content, I'll also say I'm opening up Reattach again, which is really exciting. I'm opening up Reattach. I haven't done the Reattach coaching group in four months. So I've done a whole revamp y'all really quick. I can't talk about it a lot because I'm going to, it's going to be a whole one hour conversation about reattach, but it's available. to you can join the wait list now. Um, I'm starting on Tuesday, April 18th. We'll run for eight weeks. It used to be six. Now it's eight weeks, which is super great already. But in addition to that, guess what else I'm doing? (laughs) Guess what else I'm doing? I'm really excited about it. I have, we're going to do the coaching group for two hours on Tuesday nights and all replays will be available. So if you can't attend live, you're going to have access to all replays for 60 days. Of course, it's always recommended. And I know people would like to attend live, but it's not always possible, especially when it has to do with work or in your, when you're in a different time zone. Um, so we're going to have a two hour coaching group on Tuesday nights, but I'm also going to have debriefing groups. Somebody put it in the chat debrief. I think this is going to be a really big deal. I'm going to have two one-hour debriefing um, sessions every week of Reattach. There's going to be one on Sunday night for an hour and one on Thursday night for an hour. And they're going to be run by Reattach mentors, people who have been through Reattach, who I've done group work with and one-on-one work with, and they're on the Reattach team. So I'm really excited. I didn't even wait for y'all to say debrief in the chat. I'm just so, I just went ahead and thank you, Shantae, for doing it anyway. <laughs> I just went ahead and told you. I think it's going to be a really great value add. I'm just adding a lot to reattach. So I want y'all to know that it's available. Um, the information, the link is in the, in the chat. And if you're listening to this on Boundaries and Grace, you can go to imtaylorchandler.com under the classes tab, go to reattach, and you'll see everything. Read the reviews. Um, Just get into it. I I think that this group is probably going to be, I'm anticipating this is going to be the best group yet. And they've already been so great. Okay. Emotional safety blocks to vulnerability within self and others. What is emotional safety? Emotional safety is the feeling of being able to be open and vulnerable, open and vulnerable. I am able to be my true self and be accepted for who I am. Emotional safety is the feeling of being, the feeling of being able to be open and vulnerable. I'm able to be my true self and be accepted for who I am. Y'all, I have an acronym. SAFE, S-A-F-E. Safe people are, I think this is so good. I always say that when I'm like, this is so good. Safe. Safe people are S, self-aware. And if you're in the chat, you're, you know, drop it, drop it in the chat. Self-aware for your internet friends, for our, for our friends in the classroom, for our fellow reattachers, safe people are S, self-aware, A, accountable. You might be writing your own notes and I'm asking you to put notes in the chat. I just, you know, I get excited. S, self-aware, A, accountable, F, fearless, E empathetic safe safe people emotionally safe people are self-aware accountable fearless and empathetic some of you listening to this thank you Cassandra some of you listening to this might already be triggered because you're thinking of somebody who is none of these things feeling feeling constricted afraid out of control and powerless in relationships are all signs that the relationship lacks safety Feeling constricted, afraid, out of control, powerless in relationships are all clear signs that the relationship lacks safety. Everyone's following so far? Um, On the notes that I'm uploading for you after this session, after this call, um, I have a couple of journal prompts that I think are going to be helpful for you. So that'll be in the notes that I'm going to upload into Patreon, okay? Okay. So in insecure attachment, we're exhibiting either anxious or avoidant behaviors or both. We're exhibiting either anxious or avoidant behaviors or both. Uh, Just know that we have the attachment workshop coming up next Friday, the 17th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. I just dropped that link in the chat. It's totally free. It is very easy to be insecure in unsafe environments. They go together. Unsafe, emotionally unsafe and insecure go together. Okay. Emotionally unsafe and insecure go together. So if I'm in an emotionally unsafe environment, I am most likely exhibiting anxious or avoidant behaviors or both anxious behaviors or avoidant behaviors or both like that fearful avoidant type. Again, we're going to talk about attachment styles in depth at the attachment workshop next Friday. Why are we anxious or avoidant? Because I'm afraid I can't be myself without being punished or rejected. I need to know if anyone in the Zoom room can relate to that. That I get anxious or avoidant when I am afraid that I can't be myself without being punished or rejected. Thank you. Yes. We can relate to that. Can anyone else relate to that? Yes. Hania. Hey, yes. Okay. Punishment or rejection may look like stonewalling, criticism, leaving, physically harming, passive or passive aggressive signals like slamming the door, ignoring communication. I see your text but I'm not responding because I'm trying to send I'm trying to send a message by not sending a message. Okay. Or maybe my tone of voice. I use my tone of voice as a passive aggressive signal that I'm displeased with you. Okay. So we're connecting to that. Well, why do I have that fear? Why do I assume I will be punished or rejected? It's not just because of the um, interaction that you're having in the moment. A lot of you that if you've been following my work for a while, you've heard the word projection. So projection becomes very relevant. Here, It's not that the person that you're with or whoever that is, that's romantic, platonic family. It's not that the person in front of you is not emotionally unsafe, but it's likely that you become um, involved in these kinds of relationships or especially triggered by those kinds of people because of past experiences where you, where I expressed myself and things went wrong. In other words, that fear doesn't just come out of nowhere. I, I, bring it, I bring it from the back to the front, from the past to the present. Now, the past is becoming very active in this moment. It might be past experiences with that very person, but most often there are past experiences even before you met that person. Attachment language. In attachment language, it sounds like this. These past experiences where I expressed myself and things went wrong. Attachment language, it sounds like this. I reached for you and I expected something from you, but I didn't get what I expected. I did not get a reach back, a response. I reached for you, and I expected something from you. I expected a response from you, but I did not get a reach back. I reached for you, I expected you to reach back, and you did not reach back. In some cases, I was hit, physically or emotionally. That's the punishment or the rejection. Is everyone following Let me see some followings in the chat or throw a reaction up so I know that what I'm saying makes sense to you. I reached for you. I expected something from you. Thanks, Cassandra. I expected something from you. I reached for you. Good, Shantae. thanks. I reached for you. I expected something from you, but I did not get a reach back. The reach back is a response. In some cases, I was hit physically or emotionally, that is the punishment or the rejection In attachment world. we we call this an attachment wound. Can we drop that in the chat? You know, I'm a chat. I'm a chat person. <laughs> like I'm a feedback. I'm a feedback person. Attachment wound. All, everything I just said equates to attachment wound. And again, y'all, I'm going to upload these notes for you. Thanks Shantae. I'm going to upload these notes for you so that you can see exactly what I'm looking at right now and delivering this to you. My, my personal notes. Okay, so those punishments, those rejections equates to that is an attachment wound. After enough instances or a small number of intense experiences, okay, that's like the um, you can think of it like death by a thousand cuts or a gunshot wounds. Like both things can 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 lead to um, disaster, emotional catastrophe, wounding. Okay. After enough instances, many instances, a thousand tiny cuts or a small number of intense experiences, that's the bomb. That's the gunshot wound where the, after enough instances or a small number of intense experiences where the wound was not covered sufficiently or quickly enough, I have a scab. So I got an attachment wound. And when that wound is not covered sufficiently, or quickly enough, I have a scab. The scab can make me hard like a dismissive avoidant type or soft like an anxious preoccupied type. That makes sense? I have this wounding. It was not covered appropriately. I have a scab. That scab, if you have the attachment workshop, you understand that um Any instance, any wound can lead to either in someone developing either anxious behaviors or avoidant behaviors based off of how that individual internalizes the experience. I need you to come to the workshop. I need you to get the workbook to understand that in depth and to work through your own stuff regarding what I just said, okay? The scab can make me hard like a dismissive avoidant or soft like an anxious preoccupied person. There's a journal prompt that's going to be in the notes for you on Patreon at, right at that point, at this point in the um, in this conversation. I hope you rewatch this. Okay. The reality is no parent or partner gets it perfect. So everybody gets hurt in some way. Wounds can happen. Even Wounds can even happen when there is too much involvement. Like a parent who rushes in, the wound that can happen in, the, in those cases is... An anxious parent, overly involved parent, overprotective parent, codependent parent can stunt their child by not allowing them to make their own decisions or develop as an independent person. That's actually saying the same thing. Who stunts the child by allow by not allowing them to make their own decisions, which then leads to that child not developing a sense of autonomy, a sense of independence from the parent. That is a ver- That is a type of wound. Wound isn't always. Um, wound isn't always the absence of a parent. So nobody gets it perfect. okay? There are different ways there, there are different ways to get hurt. Everybody gets hurt in some way. The reality is so then the reality is is that perfection is not required, but attention is required. And that's where we have that's where we have a problem. It, the, so the, the, in other words, the problem is not perfection. The problem is attention. Perfection is not the requirement. Attention is the requirement. The key words from uh, about uh, regarding how these wounds develop, like how the scabs develop, we said that it wasn't handled sufficiently. The the scab the wound was not covered sufficiently and not covered quickly enough. Sufficient and quick. Wounds are expected, but they need to be handled sufficiently and in a timely manner to avoid scabbing. Does that, everybody still following? I just get a yes real quick in the chat? Perfection isn't what's required. It's what? In order to avoid attachment wounds. It's not perfection. It's what? Tension. That's powerful in and of itself. Right. Attention. Good question. Yeah, we're going to talk about sufficient and timely. Good attention, attention, attention. So first, what does it mean to cover a wound sufficiently? Means it is good enough, which is subjective based on the child who is now an adult individual needs. It depends on who who I'm asking if I say, is this good enough to Ronita, That's I'll get one answer. But if I ask Nia, I might get another. If I, I can ask Kyla, is this good enough, I might get one answer. I ask Cassandra, I get another. That's what we mean by subjective. Okay, so is the wound covered sufficiently? Meaning, is it good enough for you? And I know that it's good enough based off of what your individual needs are. Does it fulfill your individual needs? Following? So this is why it's so important to know what your needs are, because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes this is, these are so many parents are in this position right now. So many husbands and wives are in this position right now. Oh, goodness gracious. Let me get the mic right together so I can make this point clearly. This is why it's so important to know what your needs are, because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes someone is trying to cover you, but they're doing it the way they want rather than what you need. It's not about love languages. A love language, understand that a love language is an external expression that gets at a deeper need. So if you are someone who enjoys the love language conversation, it doesn't necessarily mean to throw it all the way out. It just means that there's a deeper exploration that's going to be more helpful than you knowing your top three love languages. Like, what does gifts mean to me? What does, what does acts of service, what does that mean to me? When you make my day easier, what emotional need is getting met? That's a good reflection for you. Okay. Um so in order to cover wounds sufficiently and everyone gets wounded in some way sometimes not just children but adults too even by people who love you and mean the best for and, and mean well towards you. Okay? In order for your needs to, in order for you to have the perception that your needs are being met sufficiently or that wounds are resolved sufficiently, it needs to be good enough for you and you know what is good enough based off of what your needs are. So that's why you need to know what your needs are. Let me see this comment real quick. Cassandra said like when someone says it's understandable that you feel that way isn't enough. I need to hear that you understand on a deeper level by reflecting it back to me in your own words. Um, so that's, I'm going to make a, I'm gonna make a quick point on that Cassandra. And this is why I need you in reattach because we're going to talk about this. Um, the reason why that doesn't work, I hear, I I think that's a really great attempt. I think it's a B plus if I had to grade it, it's a B plus I go for a, and so I want to help you right here. Okay. Can I do that? Can I offer you something really quickly before we go on? Okay, great. So rather than directing someone like because what I'm going to use the word control, I know that's not your intention. I know your intention is to be clear. I'm telling you that it's going to be received as control by someone who does not have the same needs as you. And so that's why I'm doing this right now. So rather than trying to get someone to do a particular thing, I want you to back that statement up and I want you to identify what the emotional need is That is then met by that behavior that you're asking for. Okay, so it's that it's something like I need to feel validated, I need to feel heard, I need to feel seen. So I want you to does that make sense? I want you to open up, you open up the conversation to compromise and negotiation by um, doing the vulnerable thing first. Okay, so as a as a subtle as a subtle change, it makes a huge difference, and that's why we spend a session on this kind of on on emotional needs and communication. In reattach. Okay, thank you for receiving that. Let's keep going. So, what does it mean to cover a wound sufficiently? It's good enough. It, it which is subjective, based off of your needs. You need to know what your needs are, and you need to be able to communicate that effectively, so that someone can hear you and connect with you, not just direct people around. Okay. Sufficient may also be an apology and a changed behavior, an apology and a changed behavior. Sufficient may be valid, fully validating your experience, not dismissing or minimizing. That can be sufficient. Insufficient is almost always invalidating, dismissive, minimizing, no changed behavior, inattentiveness to the wound. You're welcome. Inattentiveness to the wound. Insufficient is almost always invalidating, dismissive, minimizing, no change behavior, inattentiveness. That is probably going to feel like not enough to you. That's why something like what Cassandra said at the beginning of that, she said, like when someone says, she said, for example, like when someone says it's understandable that you feel that way, that is the reason why Cassandra does not like that is because it's insufficient. This is a perfect example. It's insufficient. It's not fully validating. That makes sense? And so whenever it's not sufficiently covered, someone feels like there's something left out. 100% good. This is a really great example, like a perfect timing. Okay, what does it mean to cover a wound quickly? These are subjective measures. Subjective measures. That's why I think, I guess the first thing that I said was resentment Because for me, something like, like I had a friend just this morning, she texted me back two days late. I have no issue at all. I have no problem at all. She was like, oh my God, she was like, my texting is going to get better. She's such a good person. She's like, she's someone who literally will say, will apologize for something before there's ever, there's, I mean, she's just, she's just aware of this kind of thing, right? Well, I had no negative feelings that built up in that space, but I someone who is a bit more edgy than me like on a bit more on edge than or maybe a lot more on edge than I am those two days there might be a lot of thinking going on a lot of self-consciousness going on there might be a lot of concerns going on checking social media is she on social media but not texting me back has something changed in our friendship does she never want to see me again what did I say the last time that we that we hung out and did I did I did I do something wrong right and I've been in that state so I'm just kind of Giving in a, I'm giving a, a picture of how it is subjective because the same me seven years ago, not getting a response for two days would have a very different response than today. What I'm trying to highlight is that it's not necessarily about the time, the length of time itself, but again, it's about what the meaning is to you in that space, Okay again, let's drive it home. Seven years ago, two days meant something different than it means to me today. A two day delay meant something different. So it's not about the, it's not about the number of days or the number of hours or minutes. It's about what it means to me. Okay. Does this make sense? So so to cover so to cover a wound quickly is subjective. It's like, well, at what point do I become insecure in the in the silence? Nia, is this becoming clearer? At what so I need to self-check. At what point do I become insecure in the silence between us? That's where we have now crossed over. Now we have now hit the the timeliness has now become very relevant. I'll give you an example. Some of y'all, I don't know where I was. Where I was giving this example about the mimosas, where was I, y'all? I, who was there? Some, I was. I was giving an example about the. Where was I doing? Oh, the boundary masterclass a couple of weeks ago. I gave an example about how my friend, a different another friend, was thirty minutes late. At about minute twenty-eight was when I turned. Up to twenty-eight minutes, I was. I was like, you know, I I, I knew what to expect from this friend anyway. I was prepared. Okay. But when I hit that about minute 28, and she got there at like minute 30, but when I hit that minute, between 28 and 30, I had a different energy in myself than I had between zero and 28. Okay. So what am I trying to say? (laughs) That in that 28 to 30 was where frustration builds. And now suddenly the timeliness becomes very relevant. Now we have an issue. It wasn't timely enough. So Okay. I think I've said it in about six different ways. I'm hoping that that is landing and I'm glad. Okay. So I'm hearing, I'm seeing some yeses in the chat. Good. Quickly subjective. How do I know what's quick enough? What's timely enough? It's at that point that I've that negative feelings start to enter in. Okay, that negative feelings start to enter in. Y'all, we have to take attention seriously. I've said it uh, several times already today. Attention matters. Attention matters. Attention matters. This is something that especially if you are recovering from anxious attachment, you're going like this where you've probably been um, criticized um, or even left because you needed attention. That's something that you cannot leave behind. Often we try to um, turn down the need for attention because you've been with, we've been with people who are bothered by it, but attention is necessary, important, valid, okay? So that's something that you need to hang on to, but we need to reorient you to attention. Meaning that, so it is still very important and it is something that you should be totally self-validating Yes, I need it. And it is okay for me to need it. But your orientation to attention needs to be different. Okay. But what do we, so we take attention seriously. This is the first way, attention, attention, attention is the first way that a child realizes his or herself. That's a big deal. Attention is the first way that a child realizes his or herself by the attention that you give and the time, that sufficiency of the attention and the timeliness of the attention. A crying baby expects care and a rescue. A crying baby expects care and a rescue. The reach, that's the reach out. When that rescue doesn't come, the baby first gets louder. Then eventually the baby stops trusting the parent to care. What I just said, is insecure attachment when you are a child, when you're a baby, it's insecure attachment when you're a teenager, it's insecure attachment when you're an adult. It's we're still crying babies that need a response. But we just cry differently. Some not, some cry about the same, (laughs) but you see what I'm saying? be different. It's different, different kinds of cries out, but there reaches out for a rescue for someone to reach back. And when that rescue doesn't come, the baby first gets louder. The adult first gets, the wife first gets, the husband first gets louder. But when the response doesn't come, that person eventually stops trusting the parent, the wife, the husband, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the friend eventually stops trusting that person to care. People that lean way more avoidant don't do the loud thing anymore. Like they don't even try. They told they just shut they just go they do they go to shut down faster. The anxious type gets louder and louder and louder until they until they've just lost it. But can we can y'all see the parallel there? The crying baby expects a rescue. When the rescue doesn't come, the baby doesn't go to shut down first. The baby always goes louder first. It's instinct. The baby always gets louder first. The response, when the response doesn't come in a sufficient manner or timely enough, the baby stops trusting the parent to care. It's the same thing that happens throughout the life throughout the lifespan. Okay, so again, I'm ho- I'm I'm hoping that that um, I hope that I'm hoping that this validates how important attention is. It's also important to communicate your need for attention in an appropriate, like in, in truly like an age appropriate way, like in an adult way, which is why we do things like reattach that specific session about communicating emotional needs. When a wound is not covered appropriately, we have a scab. We heard that about 20 minutes ago. Scabs form when the relationship was emotionally unsafe. You dropped me. You mishandled me. You didn't come for me. I looked for you and you weren't there. I expected something from you and you didn't give it to me. You dropped me. You dropped the ball. Let's talk about in present relationships. We are on great time where we're we're in the last stretch of this, okay? Again, we're talking about blocks to um blocks to vulnerability. So let's talk about present relationships the barriers to vulnerability in present relationships, past relationship traumas, what causes it? Past relationship traumas, unresolved attachment issues, especially with parents who were not emotionally or physically present and or physically present. What what gets in the way of me being able to be, be open and vulnerable now? Past relationship traumas, unresolved attachment issues, first that's the first that's first order of business okay that's the fir- that's first order that's ground zero we always need we always need to look there that's ground zero okay so how do i know if i have a scab there cuz so, a lot of times people feel so far removed from it that um they don't even that that they're willing to see they're willing to believe that childhood has something to do with what's happening in the present but sometimes it's hard to locate this is the second thing that this is the second session of reattach um so how, but so but for the purpose of this series how do i know if i have a scab there how do i know if something's back there here's some clues there's anger resentment numbness depression and or anxiety surrounding the relationship negative ex- negative feelings anger resentment num- numbness numbness like i don't feel anything at all I know that something happened, but I feel nothing for it. That's a sign that there's a scab there. Remember, I can go hard or I can get very soft. Here's another sign. There's black and white thinking, like you can't trust men um, or women only want you for your money or um, I'm going to be alone forever. Very either or, black and white, even catastrophic thinking, which is is a type of black and white thinking and catastrophic thinking are both in the categories of cognitive distortions. It means I'm not thinking clearly. There's a distortion in my reality that is causing me to believe something extreme. So those are signs that there are scabs. Those experiences from the past develop into beliefs. If you got the attachment workbook, you know what I'm talking about. They develop into beliefs that allow you, motivate you to recreate those experiences as an adult. Then we cycle through the same pattern, which reinforces the barrier that you put up to getting hurt. So you have real experiences in the past, the baby you dropped me thing, real experiences in the past, whatever age it was, doesn't mean you were in the crib. It does, but but I'm using that as a metaphor to paint the picture. Real experiences of reaching for someone who did not sufficiently reach back or did, did not do it in a timely way, did not cover the attachment wound appropriately. Real experiences of that, that then, again, when, they, when they're done enough times where I have a small number of big experiences, big wounding, I develop beliefs. Those beliefs motivate me to behave in that way of like, uh, in that distrusting way. My avoidant, the avoidant side of me doesn't trust. The anxious side of me is fearful that you're going to maybe change your mind about me or I don't want you out of my sight because I'm afraid that you won't come back. Do you see how those past experiences can help to create certain beliefs? Like I can't trust you to care for me or I can't trust you to be there for me when you need me. And so then that motivate, those beliefs motivate anxious and or avoidant behaviors. Y'all following? So now you are deeply embedded in the negative pattern. It's no longer someone doing something to you or not doing something for you. Now you are participating in the pattern, meaning it's not just about the people you connect with who are unavailable or unable to care for you, uh, care for you well. It's not just them who's unable to do it. Parents or significant others. Now you have become emotionally unavailable. These are the blocks to vulnerability. Now you have become emotionally unavailable. I don't trust you. I'm afraid of you. I want you, but I'm not sure if I can have you the way that I want you. You get to a point where you've been let down so much that you don't even trust yourself to open up to the right people. Don't trust yourself to get close to people because of what they might do once you're invested. You're living in your scab, meaning what Wait, you're living in your scab, whether that means you're super afraid of something happening or you avoid real connections altogether. These are the barriers to vulnerability. A scab that's been unattended to. So now we have emotionally unavailable people attaching to emotionally unavailable people. Making the finger pointing null and void, another way of saying that, is irrelevant. At this point... I'm all, I understand how now I'm a part of the pattern. I am now emotionally unavailable because of my fear, because of my skepticism, because of my distrust. I am now emotionally unavailable. So it's really not, it's not just, it's not just you. That's a problem. And maybe you're not a problem at all, but oftentimes it's it's two emotionally unavailable people that are pairing up together, whether that's in family, romantic or friendships. But now the finger pointing is irrelevant because Now I can see that I have a problem. Can someone see at this point in our conversation tonight or in this talk tonight that you might have a problem? Or can you see how someone else might be the problem? (laughs) You see that? All right, so what do you do next, y'all? Remember I said at the beginning of this, a safe person is, we said safe, S-A-F-E, self-aware, accountable, fearless, and empathetic. So what do you do next? If If I can't point the finger at you to do better, then I need to do something differently. What do I do next? I develop safe S A F E within myself. I need to become emotionally available. I am the block to vulnerability that I can do something about. I have to become self aware, accountable, fearless, and empathetic. Let me tell you what that means. I need to become self aware. And remember y'all, I'm going to upload these um, notes, even though you should, you should write them too. I need to become self-aware. I need to recognize those past events that have allowed me to develop the beliefs that I hold now about love and connection. You need to join reattach. I'm serious. Reattach is reattach is so good. Read the review. Just go on the, just go online and read the reviews. Just do that. It's going to be so good and it's going to be better than it's ever been. Okay. So I need to be self-aware. I need to be accountable. I need to own that my behaviors are my own even though others may have helped you to be suspicious, helped you to shut down because of their behavior, your response to their behavior, but at the end of the day, your behaviors and decisions are totally yours, they're totally mine. But this is good news because this means that you can change it regardless of whether someone else changes or not. I need to be self-aware. I need to, that's the S, I need to be A, I need to be accountable, Nia says, yes, I've experienced that in so many old friendships. Resentment due to insufficient attention, yes, but brushing it off to keep the peace, then suddenly the finger points at me. Wow, yeah, I get that, I get that, I get that. Yeah, no problem, Nicole. I knew this was going to be a lot. Thanks for sharing that, Nia. Yeah, I think these notes are going to be really helpful. And I'm asking you to be in the chat and write notes and take everything in. I know it's a lot. i will be doing a lot. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for following along. So we got self-aware, I need to be self-aware, I need to be accountable, I need to be fearless. This journey will only make things better even though it can be upsetting to make these connections from the past to the present or it can be irritating to take on the responsibility for change for yourself. You have to make the choice to break your walls down all on your own with help, but like all on your own, meaning that you're doing this without waiting for someone else in your life to validate that it's worth it or not waiting for someone to agree that they will change too. You also have to develop a fearlessness about relationships changing, realizing that connections made in insecurity usually are unhealthy. When you see all the ways that you're able to make different decisions after you deal with the scabs, relationships will shift. Okay, So we have to have a fearlessness about that and understanding, again, that your future has to be more valuable than what you might lose to get it. I need to be F. I need to be fearless. I need to be empathetic. E. I need to be empathetic. I need to empathize with myself, self-validation, holding myself, holding yourself, responding to yourself the way that truly satisfies you, sufficient covering responding to yourself the way that truly satisfies you in a way that covers the wound. Okay. So that's how you can begin to break down the barrier, the only barrier to vulnerability that you can control, which is yourself, your own unavailability. Okay. Being self-aware, being accountable, being fearless and in- going about this journey, being empathetic, self-validating, self-validating, empathetic with self. Okay not brushing off my own feelings. All right, y'all we're out of here. If this is helping you take a moment to write a review, it just takes a minute or two or less. All right. And if you want to participate in these episodes live, join the $5 a month reattachers tier on Patreon information about the reattach coaching group, that starts in April, is on my website, imtaylorchandler.com. Under the class tab, you will find information about Reattach, the outline for all eight weeks, frequently asked questions, all that stuff. It's also linked in the show notes below. And of course, you can find it in my Instagram bio at Iamtaylorchandler. See you next week.